بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الرحم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن أمك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين Alhamdulillah, we are able to continue our discussion on the book Divine Justice by Ayatollah Mutahari. Section 8 is about Shafa'a, intercession. And as you remember, we had this discussion also in Aqaid when we studied theological instructions. Uh, but uh, there are some new issues that are mentioned here that were not mentioned in Aqaid. And he says there are few questions or sometimes maybe objections that people may raise with respect to Shafa. Especially he was conscious of some literature which was being circulated at that time in Iran under the influence of you know, some ideologies in the Muslim world. Thank you. The first question, isn't Shafa or intercession in conflict with our belief in Tawheed with respect to Ibadah. Shouldn't we only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So the person who asked this question seems to have misconception, thinking that we are worshipping, for example, those from whom we seek Shafa'ah. You know that the idol worshippers, they used to say that these are our shufa'a, these are going to intercede for us. We don't worship them except that they can make us nearer to God. So, this is one objection which is not very strong because we know that we don't worship anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second question or objection is, isn't Shafa'ah in conflict with Tawheed with respect to divine essence at Tawheed al-Zati? And here it's a delicate issue. They say, when you believe in Shafa'ah, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to forgive. And then you are asking, for example, Prophet or Imam to ask him to forgive. And this means that they have greater love and mercy than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because why Allah himself didn't forgive in the first place? Why? They are asking him to forgive. 
So it seems in their understanding, the belief in Shafa'a contradicts the idea that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every aspect is perfect and absolute. So his love, his mercy has to be absolute and perfect, not someone comes and says, you know, you should forgive them. The third problem is the idea of Shafa'a may lead to carelessness of people when it comes to religious duties and obligations. Because they may say, okay, even if we fail to obey, Allah is going to forgive us. And if he doesn't forgive, we have Shufa'a would ask him to forgive. Like a student, if he knows that, for example, the head of the school or, for example, uh, another teacher all the time comes and, you know, intercedes for them, mm -hmm. they may become lazy. Or, for example, if a child knows that if he doesn't listen to his father, his mother comes and intervenes, then he may not listen to the father. So they say shafa'a may lead to carelessness. The fourth problem is that Shafa'a uh, seems to be rejected in the Quran. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he describes the Day of Judgment, one of the things he mentions about the Day of Judgment is that's the day in which no intercession is accepted. For example, in Surah Baqarah, verse 48. وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا لَا تَجْزِي نَفْسٌ عَنْ نَفْسٍ شَيْئًا وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا شَفَاعَةٌ وَلَا يُؤْخَرُ مِنْهَا عَدْلٌ وَلَا هُمْ يُنْصَرُونَ Inshallah we come back to this ayah later but uh, just for the time being this ayah says on that day no shafa'ah will be accepted Question or objection six. Shafa'a means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might be influenced by someone. And we know that Allah is never subject to change and nothing can have any impact on him. So how do you believe that intercessor may intercede for you because this leads he's influencing God? Number seven, objection seven, that Shafa is leading to a kind of discrimination. It means that there is no justice. People who commit crimes, some of them may manage to bypass justice by Shafa. And some people may not have anyone to intercede for them. So it becomes like a country that criminals sometimes have some people with high position and they help them and <coughs> release them. But people who don't know anyone who have no support, they will remain in prison, for example. So these are 
different issues that are raised against Shafar. So now we want to explain. Ayatollah Mutahari says, sometimes in a society you see people who have money or power or contacts. They have high officials. They manage to bypass all the laws and limitations because either they have money or power or contacts. This is a weak society. And this is not the way we understand Shafar. You should not understand Shafar as a kind of weakness in Allah's system of justice that the laws are there, but you can ignore them. <laughs> if you have you know, good person to intercede for you. This is not correct. The Quran says in the ayah that I recited for you, ayah 48 of Surah Baqarah, no soul can defend, can protect any other soul. Yeah? You cannot hide behind someone else. Basically, this is the meaning. No one can say, I give you protection. Don't worry. And intercession is not accepted. Adl means to give a kind of replacement, a kind of, you know, compensation. So you say, you know, leave me, I give you this money. Don't come after me, I give you some money. Okay? This is not also accepted. And they are not receiving any help and assistance. So basically the idea is that on the day of judgment, every person has to take care of himself or herself. And the only thing that can help you is your own achievements, your own earnings or savings, you know, whatever you have saved for yourself. You cannot start, this is a very important point, you cannot start gaining on the Day of Judgment. But if you have, for example, in dunya, listened to an alim, followed a good imam or leader, this is not to start on the Day of Judgment. This is something that can help you in dunya and can keep helping you even on the Day of Judgment. Okay? So this is the result of your own achievement in dunya. This is different. What the ayah is denying is people doing nothing and then on the Day of Judgment trying to cheat by offering money or, you know, for example, introducing other people as, you know, my father was a good person, so forgive me because of my father. 
Okay, how much you listen to your father? How much you follow your father? So, in Islamic judiciary system, in Islamic system of justice, there is no discrimination. People are equal before law. Even you know this famous story Ayatollah Mutahari mentioned, that when Amirul Mu'minin realized that his daughter had borrowed a necklace from treasure house, he blamed and questioned her and said, if it had not been that this was taken as a loan and was guaranteed to be given back, and even if it is lost to be replaced or compensated, I would have executed the punishment of theft even to his daughter he said this or when his cousin Ibn Abbas who was also his student and you know he, he was a scholar so when Ibn Abbas and some other people who were related to him if they were making any mistake he was not saying, okay, you are close to me, you are my cousin, it's okay. And I close my eyes. Once Ibn Abbas made a mistake, an Imam questioned him and said, if you don't change your behavior, if you don't correct yourself, with my sword, I'm going to discipline you. And this is the sword that I have not stricken anyone by it, except has gone to hell. So, there is no discrimination. In my book, uh, She Islam Origins, Faiths and Practices, I have also mentioned the story from Rasulullah, that a woman from a very noble family had made a crime and people went to Rasulullah and said, you know, please forgive her. She comes from a noble fa family. And Rasulullah said, this is a problem that has destroyed previous nations. That when an ordinary person, a poor person commits a crime, they punish him. When someone who is rich or comes from a noble background commits a crime, they don't punish him. This is destroying nations. Ayatollah Mutahari says, this is not even in the, for example, uh, governance of Amirul Mu'minin. Rasulullah and Islam had made such a culture that to some time, even in the time of other caliphs, this was still implemented. For example, he mentions that uh, when Amra'as was governing, you know, uh, Egypt in the time of the second caliph, his son made a bad, you know, kind of treatment. He treated someone badly, you know, he slapped someone and he was not, you know, behaving properly. So 
So that person went to Amra'as and said, your son has done this to me. Amra'as didn't bother. So this person went to Medina and complained to the second Khalifa and said, this is what son of your governor has done to me. So the second Khalifa called them and said to Abra'as and his son, when did you start enslaving people while their mothers have given them birth while they were free? So he blamed them that you are treating people like slaves. These are not slaves, these are free people. And then he said, the son of Amra'as should be punished. So, we don't have such concept of shafa'a, which is like discrimination. That some people make all the crimes, but they can find a way out. No. The idea is that there is a provision for everyone. Because it's very important that it should not be only for some people. There should be no monopoly or a special privilege. Every person can benefit from Shafa. And Shafa is not to make you careless. Shafa is part of Allah's way of sending Rahmah and mercy to us. And this is very beautifully explained by Ayatollah Muttahari. So you have to listen to everything that I'm inshallah saying today to have the complete picture. This is part of the way Allah sends His mercy. There's a hierarchy, the structure, and He uses Shafa as part of this system. Before we reach that point, let's mention that there are two types of Shafa. We have good shafa'a and bad shafa'a. Bad shafa'a is that someone is guilty, is not sad about it, it's not trying to, he's not trying to correct, but just because of some connection, he is forgiven. And another person in the same con condition, because he has no connection, is not forgiven. This is not what we say about shafa'a. Shafa'a is something that is available to everyone who tries to be better, to improve himself. And he has done something good. He has some connection which are positive. This is Shafa'a. So before we mention different types of Shafa'a, Ayatollah Mutahari makes a beautiful point here. He says, no one should think of Shafa'a like what idol worshippers thought about their idols. They had the idea that there are two ways to have happiness and felicity. One is to please God, one is to please idols. If you cannot please God, please idols. 
And pleasing idols was, for example, by offering sometimes, you know, food or gifts to the idols. So you, you can commit some sins, but then please the idols. He says it is wrong if someone thinks that this is the way it works with Shafa'ah. You don't say your prayer, you don't fast, you don't go to Had, you don't give, you know, zakat, you don't help people, and then just cry for Imam Hussein, and then you get Shafa'ah. He said, this is not going to work. Imam Hussein <laughs> gave his life in order to establish and revive the teachings of Prophet, the codes of Islamic Sharia. For example, he says in one of the ziyarat of Imam Hussein, we say, Ashhadu annaka qad aqamta as-salah wa atayta az-zakah wa amarta bil-ma'ruf wa nahayta 'anil munkar wa jahadta fillah haqqa jihadi wa amilta bi kitabi wa tabata sunan an-nabiyya i bear witness that you established prayer you gave alms you enjoined the good prohibited the bad you struggled in the path of allah the way he deserves and you acted according to the Quran and followed the path of the Prophet. So can we imagine that Imam Hussain did his best, he struggled for implementing Islamic Sharia and the books, the laws of the book so that we become careless? Can we imagine that he gave, gave his blood so that we do acts of Yazidis and then we will be forgiven? <laughs> this is not the case. If we were thinking like that, yes, you could then say Shafa'a is wrong. But we are not saying like that. So, he says there are two types of Shafa'a. And maybe... In this uh, way, uh, you don't find it in other books before him. Uh, he's uh, introducing a new terminology. He says we have shafa'a of leadership or shafa'a of action. And we have shafa'a of forgiveness or shafa'a of grace, fatl. So there are two types of shafa'a or two levels of shafa'a. One is leadership. So what does it mean? It means that you have followed someone in dunya, you have had a good leader, for example, and on the day of judgment, you will be resurrected with that leader that you have followed, and then that leader would go to heaven and take his people to heaven. Or a bad leader would take them to fire. On the day of judgment, Allah will call every group of people to stand behind their imam, to join their imam. Good imam or bad imam? If it is Fir'aun, On the day of judgment, he leads his people and takes them towards fire. Because in dunya they followed him. 
They don't like to follow him on Akhirah, but there is no choice. It's Tabarra al-Ladina Tabu, Min al-Ladina Tabu. Pharaoh would want to distance himself from them. They also say, Ya Laita Lana Karratan Fanatabarra Amin Hun Kama Tabarumana. Most of them want to distance themselves from each other, but their destiny is connected to each other because in dunya they were together. But if someone was following Ibrahim, Musa, Isa, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they also on the Day of Judgment will join them. In the paper on uh, collective nature of wilayah, I have mentioned these ayat. So, this type of shafa'ah is very uh, natural that in dunya, if you had a good teacher, good leader, good guide, you have benefited from their guidance, you have followed them, and Akhirah also, you can help, get help from them. Yeah, but if you had good Imam and you followed them and you benefited, why do you need to get help from them on the day of judgment? Automatically, you've been good, you've benefited, you've practiced, and God will fix it, you know? Yeah, so, automatically you have uh, benefited from them, and also, if there were some shortcomings, because you have done your best in following them, that can be sorted out, because you will be resurrected together and going to the same place. Okay? <clears throat> I want some clarification on this Imam Ali's daughter taking the necklace for Eid deal. Is it genuine thing? It is in our hadith? It's in some historical books. Is it confirmed, this thing? I wouldn't think they were thinking about worldly things. But it was registered. It was registered and... Yeah. So, Ayatollah Mutahari says, what we have in Hadith, that many, many people will benefit from Shafa'a of Imam Hussein, it's because... Many, many people in dunya have been inspired by Imam Hussein and have been attracted to faith by Imam Hussein have become good people because of Imam Hussein Not that they were bad people and all of a sudden on the day of judgment, <coughs> Imam Hussein says, you know, these bad people, you know, because they cried for me, I want to help them. So, they were inspired, they were influenced by Imam Hussein in dunya like for example imagine if there is a student who is working hard he's coming he's coming regularly to the school takes notes does the homework does mubahasa everything and then at the time of exam Instead of getting A, he gets B. The teacher, because of all the good things that he has done over the semester, may get, give him A. Or goes to the principal and intercedes for him. But not that someone who has got F and is rejected from a school, the teacher says, you know, because of me. So they, he had no regard for you. He didn't take your lesson seriously, he didn't study, he didn't come to a school. Even one day if he came, he was annoying other students. <laughs> so no teacher would do shafa'a, and even if he does shafa'a, it's not accepted. 
Okay? So Shafa is for people who have already showed some appreciation in their life. Yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This example of the teacher, so, so the teacher would know that this person hasn't been coming or has been coming, um, so he's more aware, so he goes to the principal and says, you know, I know him, he's good, please make some, um, you know, increase his, his grade. But Allah knows already how hard the student's been working. So why does he need someone else to come and tell him to, you know, make exception or help him to change his B to A? This is to encourage students to make good relation with the teachers. Because you know that this teacher can do one day, you know, great thing for you. Therefore, you listen to him more carefully. Say, a day may come that I will need his shafa. So, in this way, Allah shows to us the value of these people and also makes us more interested in learning from them. He can do it, but he does it through this. Like for example, in order to uh, establish a good system in home, I may for example give some responsibilities to the eldest child in order to establish him so that one day after me he can run the home, I may give some of the money to him that he distributes to his brothers. So people know that they should have good relation with their elders or with the teacher. So, he says the reason that Imam Hussein is introduced in some of our hadith as someone through whose shafa many people will be forgiven, it's because it is through his shafa in dunya actually, you don't call it shafa, but actually through his wasila, through his, you know, practice, through his martyrdom, many people were inspired and changed. Otherwise, it doesn't mean that Imam Hussain would have one request and Allah another request. Allah says you should pray and you know fast and do all these wajibat. And Allah says no, just come and cry, you know, for me. It will be sorted out. He says in the same way that Quran has had different effects. The school of Imam Hussein or love for Imam Hussein also may have two effects. When it comes to Quran, Allah says, "Yudhillu bihi kathiran wa yahdi bihi kathiran." Some people are guided with the Quran. Some people are misguided with the Quran. Of course, only sinful people are misguided. But the same Quran, which is the book of guidance, has become a source of misguidance for some people because they don't have taqwa and they misinterpret the Quran. If Quran was not there, it was better for them. 
وَلَا يَزِيدُ الظَّالِمِينَ إِلَّا خَسَارَ It would add to the loss of the Zalim. He says, with respect to Imam Hussein, it's also like this. Many people have benefited, but unfortunately, some people who are after their own false ideas have actually added to their problems. He mentions a poem from Rumi about the Quran. از خدا میخواه تا زین نکته ها در نلغزی و رسی در منتها Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you so that with these points you would not fail and deviate. You would be able to reach the ultimate point. زان که از قرآن بسی گمره شدند Many people have been misguided with respect to the Quran زین رسن قومی درون چه شدند رسن means روب روب He says Quran is a rope But some people instead of taking this rope and going high they have taken this rope and going to the bottom of the well mar rasan ra nis jormi ay anud chun to ra sawdaay sarbala nabud the problem is not with the rope the problem is that you didn't want to rise you wanted to go down so you use this rope to go down like a ladder you can Go to the roof, you can go to the end of the well. So he says, Quran and the school of Imam Hussein are like two ropes that you can hold onto them and rise, or you can hold onto them and go down. Give an example of how you can go down. I think doesn't need example. <laughs> Otherwise, then they will take you out to the. إن القرآن شافع مشفع وماحل مصدق. رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم said, "Quran is شافع, the one that intercedes and." Its intercession is accepted. Yeah? It's not that Allah says to Quran, you can intercede. But then he says, okay, I don't listen. Shafi'un mushaffa. Quran intercedes and its intercession is accepted. But the Quran also may complain. The Quran may complain, and again the complaint would be accepted. So you have to be careful. Okay, this was the first type of shafa'ah. Shafa'ah of what we call leadership. Shafa'ah of leadership. Okay? Means you have had a good leader, you follow, and that leader on the day of judgment can come and with Allah's permission, help you further. The second type of shafa is more problematic. 
And that is what he calls Shafa'a of Maghfirah, forgiveness. And this is where many objections have been raised, as we mentioned in the beginning. So, in order to ac uh, easily accept this and understand this, he says, first, you should understand that for our happiness, for our salvation, we have two main sources, two currents. One is your actions, your performance. The steps that you yourself take, okay? These are very important. Your own efforts. All of them are there. But there is another thing there in this world that helps us in our salvation. And that is the flow, the current of Rahma coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this Rahma of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very, very strong is not 50% Rahma, 50%, for example, anger. We say, Ya man sabaqat rahmatuhu qadabah. Oh, the one whose mercy precedes his anger. What does it mean? How do you understand this? Pardon? One way is to say his mercy is more than his anger. But it's more than that. Actually, anger is not opposite to mercy. Anger is opposite to reva, pleasure. Mercy is in a much more underlying level, more important. He is merciful, and then he may get angry. Not that he is either merciful or angry. You know, if you have very good, kind teacher, but one day he gets angry because you have not done anything, you have been very you know, careless, this anger is out of love for you. If he didn't love you, he didn't bother about you, he would not have become angry. Or if, for example, a doctor says, today I have to remove your tooth. Don't say, you know, you every day were kind, why today you are angry? Say, I am kind and I am taking your tooth. If I was not kind, I said, you know, you can keep it. <laughs> but I am kind and out of kindness I am trying to help you with something that may have some pain but in the long term it's better for you so his rahma precedes his anger it means not only it's more it means that it's actually out of his mercy 
So mercy is the background for his anger. Is it clear? <coughs> so, he has a flow, a current, like a river of mercy in this world. You walk, but you should get into this also river. Yeah? Otherwise, you cannot just rely on your own steps. He sends this water to you, this mercy to you. You also walk. We need both. If you don't do anything, you cannot get access to it. But if you say, I don't need this, you are going to die half the way. He says, one of the principles in this world is what he calls Asle Tatahir. He says one of the manifestations, this is a very beautiful discussion, one of the manifestations of Allah's mercy is that he has arrangement, he has provision in this world for purification, for cleaning ourselves. In the same way that we have physical cleaning, in the same way that we have recycling in the nature, or for example, you have seen when animals die, the nature recycles their body, okay? In the same way, there is a system of a spiritual recycling and cleaning in this world. So don't think this world is created for punishment. This world is created for mercy and cleaning. So which one is more uh, primary? Maghfara or Azab? Maghfara. Maghfara is the main principle in this world. Shafa'a is the main principle in this world. There is, like for example, you make a city with all the facilities. You make houses, roads, park, a school, masjid, hospital, terminal. You make all these things, market, you also make a prison. But did you make all the city for this prison? <laughs> or the prison was the last thing that was important. But you know that there has to be a prison. Because there might be criminals that they have to be put there. And also just the fact that there is prison, some people become more careful. Okay? He says, there is also Asl Salamat, principle of health. What does it mean? It means that the main condition, the primary condition in this world is to be healthy and sound. Illness is a secondary thing. 
When it comes to a spirituality, it's also this. Every child is born in the condition of fitrah. Every child. No matter to which family, which part of the world. Then the parents, the environment may take him to another direction. Otherwise, every child is born with the state of purity and fitrah. And every person which is born in fitrah has also a tendency, a kind of attraction towards this original condition. Every human being wants to go back to its origin. Philosophers say we have two types of motion, two types of haraka. One haraka is natural. Okay? One haraka, they call it qasri, qaf and sin, means against the nature. For example, of course, this example can be problematic, but just for the sake of convenience. When you drop something or an apple is dropped from the tree, the natural motion is to come towards the ground. But if you throw it into the air, this is qasri, this is against the nature. And after some time, it stops. Al-harakatul qasriya la tadum. When you are moving against the nature, you cannot keep going till end of the world. It stops. Okay? So, what is the main direction is fitrah. And sooner or later you have to go back to that condition. This is why the Quran says, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raja'oon. Or, Ya ayyuhal insan, innaka kadihun ila rabbika kathan famulaqi. Then he talks about Allah's inclusive rahmah. And he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a type of rahmah that includes everything. And this is a major factor in this world. And it is because of rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that people can be saved. If it was not because of Allah, our actions would not be enough. In Surah An'am verse 16, Allah says, مَنْ يُسْرَفَ عَنْهُ يَوْمَئِذٍ فَقَدْ Whoever is saved from punishment on the day of judgment, Allah's mercy has embraced him. So it's Allah's mercy that we are saved. Okay? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said something very beautiful towards end of his life. He said, Ayyuhan nas, innahu laysa bayna Allahi wa bayna ahadin nasabun wala amrun yu'tiha bihi khayran aw yasrifu anhu sharran illa al-amal. O people, no one has any kinship 
with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one is brother or cousin of Allah. And there is nothing that can give you good or take away bad from you except action, your amal, your deeds. No one should dream or wish something else. وَالَّذِي بَعَثَنِي بِالْحَقِّ لَا يُنْجِي إِلَّا عَمَلٌ مَأَ رَحْمَةٌ By the one who has raised me truthfully, nothing will save except action with mercy. You should have action, good action, and mercy of Allah would help you. وَلَوْ عَصَيْتُهُ لَهَوَيْتُ Rasulullah says, even if I disobey, I will be uh, failing and falling. Hawaii means I will fall, collapse. Then he said, Allahumma hal ballaqt. Oh Allah, hal ballaqt means did I deliver the message? Did people understand? Did people take the message? So he was feeling responsible to deliver this message. Even Rasulullah used to ask forgiveness 70 times at least every day. He says, my heart gets, you know, like dusted. Even Rasulullah, he feels getting busy in worldly affairs, even if it is, you know, not anything haram, nothing useless, even if it is helping people. Still, it would not be like when he is contemplating himself. So he says, So every day I ask Allah for forgiveness 70 times. So, Maghfirah and Rahmah. Now, what's the relation between Maghfirah and Shafa'ah? This is a very important question. So, his idea is this. He has a beautiful idea. He says, it's all Allah's Rahmah. No one can add to his Rahmah. No one is more merciful than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is the way he has designed that part of his Rahmah comes through Shafa. Part of it comes through for example, Tawbah, part of it comes through guidance, part of it comes through Shafa'ah. He has a step especially made people that he says, go to them and ask them to ask me to forgive you. Yes? Yeah. Um, so why do we, um, if someone, um, so the one that says lion, so if someone's done good in their life, um, why do they need the mercy of Allah? Because they have done something good, but they have also have some sins and shortcomings. It's not that they only did good thing. Plus, even. Even if you have not done anything bad, your actions are not enough. 
you need because you have how much good actions mm -hmm. and there's an eternal journey how much provision you have if Allah doesn't multiply the reward our action is not that much so our good actions are very limited secondly we don't know whether they are pure so that they are accepted or not thirdly we have lots of bad actions so we need rahma of Allah to forgive us we need rahma of Allah to accept our actions we need rahma of Allah to multiply our good actions we need all these things. If um, the, the goodness that we have is so little that it's not enough to get us to an eternal paradise, an eternal salvation, yeah. how come for the little bad that we do, we get eternal punishment? First of all, there is no little bad thing. We don't have little sin. When you disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not little. Yeah. Secondly, when you commit a sin, as we said in the last session, your punishment is the manifestation of your own sin. Hell is not something that is external we have nothing to do with it they take us and put it put us in hell hell is something that comes from us and goes out your hell is coming from you so it's nothing other than your own action when it comes to heaven it's multiplied it's grown you are pushed helped towards heaven but when it comes to hell it's yourself okay then he has a discussion here about conditions of shafa'ah pardon okay and inshallah we can leave this for next session inshallah